0: This episode is brought to you by ProPulse Speed Trainers, created by the mad scientist himself, David Weck. Now, in my 20-plus years of evaluating athletes, there was always one thing, one thing that I could look at and tell you if this athlete was going to be sick or if they were going to be an R-coordinated mess, and I could tell you that in about five seconds. And what was it? It was the way their upper bodies moved in sync with their lower bodies. If they were in complete and total sync, I knew the athlete was going to be sick. You've always heard, look at this guy's arm angles. Look at the way the violent arm action, the way this guy runs. Well, those were always the best athletes. Now, what David Weck did is he created these little miniature weights that are about 12 ounces each that you can hold in your hand. And inside of those weights, he has these little beads. And when you run and when when you're pumping those arms, when those weights are pumping those arms, you can actually hear with those beads if you are on the right rhythm. It's actually sending a signal to your brain to say, yep, I am in pace, I am in rhythm, and it will instantly get your upper body and lower body in sync. If you want to become like Michael Jordan, Randy Morse, LeBron James, Derek Jeter, watch these guys run, watch their sick arm angles, get yours today. Go to shop.weckmethod.com. That's shop. W E C K. That's WeckMethod.com. Put in the code WMA270. Again, that's WMA270. It will get you 10% off of any item that you buy. Go and get yours today. Welcome to another episode of Six Minute Monday, where I give you six tips and tricks to make you more efficient and effective in the weight room, the boardroom, and on a football field. Now, before we even begin, I have to say three things. The first thing, it's not Monday. The second thing. This is probably not going to take six minutes. And the third thing is, it's been way too long. And it's been a, obviously, it's been a very long time since I put one of these out. And uh, normally, around football season, this is when things start to get tough. And normally, I start to say, ah, who even cares about the podcast? Does it even matter? But what's pretty cool is a couple of people, a bunch of people, at least in our circle, reached out. Coach, we need another podcast. Where you been? What's going on? And a couple of things I realized from this is, one, it actually does matter to a few people. People that I care about. So, it matters to me. Two, is that... People listen to this podcast in very different ways, meaning some people listen religiously every week when one of these things come out, and they're expecting a new podcast to come out, and others, they just wait. They'll wait a month. They'll wait two months, and then they binge listen to all the six-minute Mondays. So uh, it's got me thinking. It's got me thinking, is it better in short form? Is it better in long form? But for right now, who cares, because we have to get back to our regularly scheduled program. Okay, tip number one. It's an exercise tip, and it has to do with something I saw in a public gym. That's right. I actually went to a public gym for the first time in two years. It might be the last time in the next two years, but I went to a public gym. I was with my wife. We were away somewhere. We had to get a workout in, and it was actually extremely empty. I think it was actually on the Labor Day morning, and there was like three people there. But one of those three people, aside from me and my wife, was doing Romanian deadlifts. And what I noticed was that person was not coming all the way up and squeezing their glutes at the top. So if you're doing deadlifts, Romanian deadlifts. Squats, any of those movements, when you get to the top, make sure you squeeze your glutes at the top. Almost, I've heard, I'm not even going to say what I've heard people say, but squeeze your glutes at the top because you're not getting the full impact of the workout if you don't do that. It's kind of like eating an egg without the yolk. Sorry, people out there who just eat egg whites. Uh, It's like eating an egg without the yolk. The yolk is important. Okay, tip number two, something that I am personally experimenting with. So I am doing the program that I had done before, the Underground Secrets to uh, Being Faster by Lifting. I actually forgot the exact name of it. Who cares? It's a sick book, but. The intent of the program is doing three sets of three heavy, heavy weight on bench press and then three sets of three heavy, heavy weight on deadlifts. Now, I'm not experimenting with that, but for the first time in about 20 years, what I am experimenting with is not going into the gym or my own gym with a full, complete workout written down on paper. I am usually meticulous. I sit down. takes me like two or three hours. I create a program for myself, and that lasts me for three weeks. Then I take a deload week. I do it all over again, and you know what? It stresses me out because I'm always trying to write the perfect program, and I'm always trying to predict what I'm going to feel or what movements I want to use, and it becomes actually worse than doing the workout itself. It becomes this uh, this work of art that I want to put together, and it stresses me out. Well, right now, during football season, I don't have time to be stressed out. i got too much time, too many... Going on. So, what I am doing. What I am writing down is, okay, I'm going to do three sets of bench, I'm going to do three sets of deadlift, I'm going to do heavy weight, I'm going to document what that weight is so I can get progressive overload. But what I'm not writing down are the prehab movements that I'm going to do after I do bench, the prehab movements that I'm going to do after I do deadlift, because with the way this program works, you have to wait a full five minutes after you bench and before you bench your next set, after you deadlift, before you deadlift your next set. You want to give yourself a full five minutes of recovery because you're doing really heavy weight and really light reps and you don't, sorry, really low reps and you don't want to get sore. You want to build as much muscle as possible without getting big. So that's the intent of that program. That's why it's going to make you faster. Anyway, I'm digressing a little bit. So i am what I've figured out was I, I know enough right now that I don't have to write all this stuff down. I'm too stressed out. So it's going to bring me more pain than joy to write all the prehab exercises down. And the biggest benefit is I'm a little banged up. I'm banged up just from from coaching football. It's like, you know, I documented during camp. I'm walking like seventeen thousand steps during a day of camp. I'm sleeping like a jerk because my mind is racing, so I wake up crippled and then I sit like an idiot all day and I my i have had nerve damage to my legs because I'm sitting I'm not, not when I'm not on my football, when I'm doing data analytics, I'll sit there and three hours later, oh my like, God, I I can't move my legs. So I'm I'm actually hurting myself. And, and when I say crippled, I mean I Almost literally can't get out of bed. Can't walk down the steps. I am in rough, rough shape. So it's I'm really banged up. So why, when I go to the gym, would I not use the prehab exercises or movements that would help me get through the rest of that day? So those are the things that make me feel better. Maybe my calf's a little banged up, or I'm gonna do some ankle mobility. I'm gonna do some uh, some VMO work. Right? Oh, my shoulders beat up a little bit. Maybe I'm going to work on my traps. I'm going to work on the part above and below the paint, the part that's in paint. So I'm just going to pick those things out. I'm going to do it like it's a takeout menu. It's been working well for the last three weeks. In fact, I was so stressed out about writing a program that there was about a six-week period where I just worked out by doing the same thing every day. I just go into the gym and do like uh, Olympic lifts because I, I was thinking I don't know what to do and I don't write a program and I'm stressed out about it. I'm just going to keep doing Olympic lifts. No, right now I am doing exactly what I just said, three sets of three deadlifts, three, th- three sets of three bench, and when I walk in the gym, I'm picking the pre-hab exercises that I want to do. I'm freaking out just talking about it, but actually uh, I'm really enjoying it. Okay, tip number three. It is a quote that I am thinking about. It is, you do not lo- rise to the level of your expectations. You sink to the level of your training. I'll say that again. You do not rise to the level of your expectations. You sink to the level of your training. And why am I thinking about that? Well, it's because I'm thinking about this with respect to coaching football. It really is when you get to game day, that's just game day. But you can't hope, I'm going to be a gamer. I'm going to show up. I'm going to be a baller. I'm going to be great on game day. No. Most wars are won before they're even fought. Did you watch film? Did you work out? Did you train? Did you practice the right way? Did you watch film on practice? Did you scout your opponent? Did you do all these things? Because if you did those things right in the heat of the moment, then yes, you're going to hit the level that you trained at. But if you did all those things wrong, well, then yes, you're going to hit the level that you trained at. So if you stink when the lights come on, it's on you. It's on your level of preparation. That goes for coaches. That goes for players. That goes for everybody. Okay, Usually I do six different tips, but now I'm just going right into the craziest things I've seen in the last few weeks because I think they're all worth talking about. So the first thing, this has to do with some of the pain that I've had. Uh, when I was away, I was at N- in New Hope, New Jersey. I think it's New Jersey. Maybe it's Pennsylvania. I don't know. It's New, Ho- yeah, it's New Hope, Pennsylvania. I'm there. My leg's all banged up. I'm hobbling around, and we go to the store, and they have CBD oil. So I take this CBD oil and I put it on my calf and within three to four minutes, the pain completely and totally goes away. Pretty cool, all right? Goes away, I'm able to walk around, but then about 15 minutes later, the pain goes somewhere else. So as I should have known, and I don't, I don't disagree with CBD oil, by the way. I think it's, I, at least from my experience, my small experience, it actually did help alleviate the pain in the specific area. But your body is going to find a way. And that pain that you have, that pain that you have, it's coming from something else. It's a symptom of something else. So I have pain in my right calf because of other stupid things that are going on. So if I take away the pain there... Now, the pain is going to, the compensation pattern is going to go somewhere else. And maybe I need that pain to stop me from doing certain things. Maybe that pain is a trigger saying, hey, moron, your hips misaligned, or you're stepping the wrong way, or your posture's bad, right? But now that that pain went away and I'm walking incorrectly or standing incorrectly because I don't feel pain, now it's shot to somewhere else. So I would say if you can or want to give CBD oil a try, but do not use it as a crutch and totally understand. That that pain that you're experiencing is normally a symptom of something else that is going on. Okay, the second thing, while we're away, we have a, uh, my wife is deathly afraid of bugs. Like completely and totally afraid of bugs. And uh, I, I actually referenced a story about the the old I'll say the old lion and the young cub. If you remember this story from Adventure Training, I referenced it to my wife. Why? Because we're in the room, and right above the bed there is a spider on a web, and she's like, "Kill it right now! Go kill it now!" I don't know if you could kind of picture this, but it's it's like kind of attached to a lamp. It's not like it's against a wall. So in my mind, it's like if it's against the wall or on the floor. And by the way, I hate killing bugs. I really do. But if I guess if they're in the room, you got to do it. But anyway. Where was I? Oh, if it's against the wall or on the floor, you kill it, it smashes to the ground that it dies. But in this scenario, it's like right over the bed. So I don't want to miss. I don't want to miss, and then this spider ends up in the bed, and then I know the next result is we're checking out of the room, or going home, or we're getting a new room. By the way, that's happened before where there was a bug in a room. We actually had to leave that room and go to a different room in a hotel. Anyway, so I've, I've been through this story before. So getting back to this story that I was at now, my wife's like, I'm going into the bathroom, and when I come out, I expect this taken care of now this is a a lot of pressure on me so she comes back out and I don't have it taken care of and she just looks at me with disappointment and I'm like I'm going to take care of it but I need to figure out like the best way to do this so that I don't miss and get the spider into the bed so what I did she goes back into the bathroom she comes out now the spider's gone to be honest, I can't even remember exactly how I got the spider gone. I think I took the net down from the outside. The poor little spider spider was struggling around. And then I put it uh, into a napkin and threw it out, right? I think that's what I did. So when she came back out, she's like, I'm glad you finally did it. What took you so long? And then I proceeded to tell her the story of the old lion and the young cub. And I'll tell you that story now, So in case you haven't heard it, but I'll tell it again. So the young cub, cub and an old lion are sitting on top of a hill. And they look down and they say, wow. Look at all those wildebeest down there. And the young cub says, hey, dad, let's run down and eat one. And the old lion says, let's walk down and eat them all. And the point of that story is if you're rushing too fast, you're probably going to make a mistake. And with this situation with the spider, if I rushed in there too fast, that thing's probably in the band we'd probably have to check out. But that's really not the part of the story that was interesting. Part of the story is that I told her that story, and boy, could she have cared any less and was still completely and totally disappointed in me, in my storytelling, and why, the, <laughs> why didn't I just get rid of that spider right away. So uh, that's that story. Okay, the next crazy thing that, I, that I've seen or heard or whatever, and I, maybe I'll start with the scene, is that the other day, and I told you I sleep like a jerk, I woke up and uh, my body was in full position of someone who is going to do a cannonball into a pool. That's right. Both of my arms were around my legs and my legs were tucked into my chest. And then I wonder why I wake up in excruciating pain. And I I, I kind of remember some of the dreams I have, like one dream I one time I was dreaming that I was getting eaten by a wolf and I think I was like trying to ball up. I don't remember Uh, exactly all the details. But when you wake up like that, you're going to be in pain. The other thing is, I don't know why, I've been waking up in the middle of the night and my arm is shooting off the side of the bed. I, I can't even imagine what it would look like. So imagine you're laying down on your side to the side of the bed and your top arm Is shooting off the side of the bed like you're grabbing something off the floor from your bed, and that's how I sleep. And yeah, and because of that, I now have extreme pain in my right shoulder to the point where I can like hardly throw a football. And it's like 99% of how I'm sleeping. I don't even know why I've done that. So something I've started to do in the last three days. I don't know. I just smartened up to this. I've moved myself away from the edge of my bed. We have a king size bed. It's big enough, more than big enough for me and my wife. I, for some reason, I would always sleep right on the edge of the bed, like teetering on falling off, and then recently shooting my hand down to the floor, again, like a like a moron, so now I've backed up, and the last three days, it feels a lot better. Okay, the next weird thing, and this one is actually pretty sad. I could not and cannot stop talking to people about Dr. Andrew Huberman's podcast on alcohol, because... Again, if you haven't heard the podcast yet, the simple summary is there are no positive benefits to alcohol. Whether you like it or not, there are zero positive benefits to drinking alcohol, and crazy thing is, is that some people think, ah, I need to have a drink, and I'll relax, and it'll help me relax. Ah, wrong. You have the drink, and you're relaxing while you're having it, and then the other, I don't know, 23 hours of the day and 39 minutes, or maybe the other 23 hours and 50 minutes of the day, if the drink takes you 10 minutes to drink, you are now craving that drink, and you're stressed out the whole time until you have another drink. Anyway, I couldn't stop telling people enough about this podcast, and the scary part is, except for maybe Joe Sarno, nobody cares. Nobody wants to care. People are willing to put up with that pain rather than accept the fact that they're probably needing to drink because they've already drank. So no one cares, and it's just really alarming to me that people would rather be controlled by, I'll call it a vice, and maybe it's me too. I haven't had a drink in the last three weeks and I'm not patting myself on the back because I know too that at some social setting I'm going to feel awkward or I'm going to feel stressed out from something else and go for a drink. I know. So don't point a finger at me when I do it because I'm going to do it. And just In general, it is crazy to me that people just be like, ah, Who cares? I'd rather live this way and be controlled by it than actually acknowledge facts. Because at the end of the day, nobody cares about facts. Nobody cares about data. They only care about their emotions. And most people only care about the emotions they are feeling right now versus all the emotions that they're going to feel later. Even if that emotion means, oh, my God, I look in the mirror and I'm disgusted. Oh, my God, I'm stressed out all the time and I feel like I need a drink. Oh, my God, I'm on a diet and I'm not losing any weight. Even if that's the emotion they're going to feel in the future, it really only matters what you feel right now. And what you feel right now is, I want to go out, I want to be social, I want to have a drink, I want to relax. Nothing else is important. And you're giving up what you want most for what you want right now. All right. And the last thing. Boy, this is not even close to six minutes. But the last crazy thing that happened that happened this morning. So me and Joe Marechko, or Joe Marechko, and I went running this morning. And uh, he walked there because he's a, he's a loon. He likes the cold. It got a little cold this morning in the 50s. He's walking home. I go to get in my car, and nothing. Like, my key is dead. Hit the alarm. Bop, bop. Nothing. So I'm like, okay. Uh, Now, my hands are a little cold. Anyway, that's not really that cold, but I get the the actual manual key out of the the electronic key key, uh, pad and pull that in, open up the door, no problem. Get in the car, and all of a sudden, the car's like, uh, the alarm's about to go off in three seconds. Unless you start the car, no key is detected. I'm like, oh, God. So the alarm starts going off. Everything's blasting now I'm just sitting in the car. I can't start the car. I, uh, I call Marechko, who walked there, and I'm like, listen, can you do me a favor? When you get home, can you turn around and pick me up because I need to get home and I need to get another key. And I was worried that if I walked home and walked back, my car battery would die because the lights were flashing and the horse home was going on. So he goes, and now I start to get on my phone and Google or look through the instruction manual. Of course, there's nothing in there about what to do when your car battery is just – sorry, your car – key is just dead and what do i do to start the car so i do a quick google search and it says oh here's a trick take your key and stick the f the fob into where you press the button like once you're in the car put that the mechanical key back in to the remote and then stick that remote into where you press the button well guess what that didn't work then i see another tutorial put in my car lincoln Key key is dead, what do I do? And it goes through, like, seven different steps on what you can do. And it's for seven different types of Lincolns. And then, and I'm not going to tell you how in case somebody jacks my key and jacks my car or whatever, but there is, like, a super secret hiding place in each one of these cars that if you take the actual key and sit it there, it'll start even if the car is dead. I'm sorry, if the key is dead. So the key was dead. I start the car in this super secret hidden place. And it actually worked. It's amazing. I wish I could tell you, but, uh, with all these carjackings going on in Staten Island, you, you really can't, uh, I don't want to tell anybody anything. you got to have your head on a swivel when you're getting gas nowadays, too, because you might get carjacked. So, it's pretty sick that it started. I go home. I think maybe the battery just died. Nope. Battery, it's, it was good. I, I used another car key. It worked. So, that was my story. It was some ingenuity. I call Marechko, let him know, and, uh, Rather than be like, all right, you're good, coach. That's awesome. He gets into a deep philosophical question with me about my philosophies on life, which I will close with, which will probably be the last crazy thing I saw a week was. <laughs> He's like, uh, coach, you know, this really has me thinking about, because I, I have a theory on not being too early to anything. I know there is a saying that if you are early, you're on time. If you're on time, you are late. And if you're late, you're forgotten, which I totally agree with. But I also have a philosophy of like, don't be too early. Don't sit there and waste time. And don't, like if I, when I used to go into the office, if the meeting was in my office at 10, don't show up at 9.50 because I'm not ready yet. I'm doing other stuff, and I've dedicated my time right to the minute. So come in at exactly 10 o'clock because we're starting at 10 o'clock. I don't start late. I don't start early. I start right on time. So anyway, as soon as I call, he's like, that's good. Now, let me just ask you this question about philosophy. Is this making you change your philosophy about you potentially being early uh, instead of just being always on time? And I'm thinking back to something that Adam Carolla wrote, and I think it was his book, President Me, or not Taco Bell Experience, I don't know. But he basically weighed out he's, – he's a get-to-the-airport-right-on-time guy, and he's weighed out that the amount of times that he's gotten to the airport right on time and take that hour saved in his life versus the time he's actually missed a flight – equals out to, or is better than, than if he got to the airport three hours earlier and just wasted three hours for every one of those flights. So, Marechko, in hindsight, now that I'm thinking about it, uh, unless something is exceptionally important and I need to give myself some leeway and it's non-reversible, like if I miss this appointment, my life is over. If I miss this appointment, I'll never get that opportunity back. Then in all those other cases, I'm going to be right on time. All right, people, this may have been the best slash worst 6-Minute Monday. It's been a long time. I hope you all enjoyed it. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Element. That's L-M-N-T. What's Element? Element is the product that came into my life at exactly the right moment. I've been training hard. I've been sweating like a maniac. But unfortunately, after my sessions, I could never kick that feeling of dehydration. It didn't matter how much water I drank. In fact, the more water I drank, the worse it got. My body was telling me, you need more. You need electrolytes. But I refuse to go and buy some sugary sports drink and put that garbage into my body. Enter Element. What's Element? It's a tasty electrolyte drink mix. That's right. I said tasty. They have seven different flavors. My personal favorite is mango chili. But most importantly, it's got no sugar. It's got no gluten. It's got no garbage. there has got no guilt. Take it. You'll feel better. You won't feel like a bum after you drink it. You won't feel any guilt after taking it. To get your Element today, go to drinkelemente.com. Backslash George Mahoney. Again, that's drink, lmnt.com backslash George Mahoney. Get yours today.